0: Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, synchronized swimming, tailgates before a college football game, late night karaoke, especially late night karaoke. There is nothing better than a duet of summer love, and I can assure you that. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. What's up everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me as always, super producer extraordinaire, Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. It's 11-11, Mike. Make a wish. It's definitely not 11-11 when we're recording, and it's probably not 11-11 when someone's... Li- well, it could be 11-11 when someone's listening, I guess.
1: Mike, it's November 11th.
0: Oh, it's the big 11-11. Yes, all day, baby. Make oh, wishes. I am just a silly goose.
1: <laughs> how, how could you, I know I'm like one digit off or like a full word or idea or concept off every now and then, but how could you think that I was just like assuming it was the, a specific time when someone was listening?
0: Brandon because I have been on a plane already three times this week and I am eyeing up a fourth and like when an ace comes out at the blackjack table it means I have no idea what's going on at this point but uh, Ooh, like either that. way if it's 11-11 or not we're glad you're here we appreciate you downloading, subscribing, rating reviewing Gojo wherever you get your podcast leaving some a 5-star rating and a review and checking us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Uh, got a good one for you guys today. It's Friday which means we'll take a look at some of the games of the weekend in college and in the NFL. We'll give you our six thick picks uh or my six thick picks brandon mm-hmm. has no rut november that he's got going on for you so we're gonna get you through get you right get the pockets loaded up <laughs> bad <laughs> too horny
1: you don't like the no rut november
0: uh I mean, drop you know what brandon at this point since we're in the end times for modern social media as we know it, oh I figured, I, like, honestly, with everything that's gone so wrong in Elon Musk's Twitter, and for anyone that's missed it, apparently, according to an all-hands meeting, bankruptcies on the table. Some of Twitter's most senior and most tenured staff members have left the company, and it all seems pretty bad right now. Um, it's all just a wanton disregard for the rules. Brandon, I feel like people are going to start treating this like Y2K. Where they're going to send yes. a bunch of very risky DMs to people that they have been holding <laughs> back on for a while. And then we're all going to wake up and somehow this is still going to be here and they're going to have to reckon with it.
1: I don't know, Mike. I, I, I tweeted out there the other day, what y'all going to do when Twitter gets canceled? Uh, somebody said, watch all the reruns. Uh, or read all the old <laughs> tweets like reruns. I was like, that's sick. That's, that's sick and nasty. I don't know, Mike. I feel like we'll, we'll find something to do. But I, I, have, a, I have a good feeling that the, the internet newspaper isn't going anywhere anytime soon
0: no print news always finds a way to live so it should be no surprise that its internet counterpart will also find a way to survive but uh that won't stop a lot of people from I'd imagine being wildly horny and inappropriate online go out on your Oops. own terms if you think this is the end games but just remember there's a chance you survive the internet um apocalypse and wind up on the other side and you don't want to be out here with all your weird business in the streets when roving bands of tweeters start coming around looking for fuel and ox and fuel and uh, weaponry uh-
1: I I, I agree <laughs> with you. I have a question that might throw you off. Do you want to run down the rest of the show before uh, I ask it? No, I already, I already ran down
0: the show, so you can ask okay. this question before okay. we get to the only thing that we could salvage from Thursday Night
1: Football as even remotely interesting. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, of all the days of the week, do you think Friday's the sexiest? Uh, oh, yeah, Friday's definitely the sexiest. Really? The sexiest day of the week? Yes, by far. Why? It's just cuz like it's like a little like work clothes mixed with evening wear, like you got a little undone tie, like what's what's there what's the what's the concept there?
0: Yeah, 100%. You're already thinking about what's going on at happy hour, you're already mm. hopped up, ready to make some interesting decisions. So yeah, Friday, dripped yeah. in sex appeal. Okay, okay, okay. Great. All right. Very, very curious to see where that question pops up and ends up coming. Uh, In the meantime, if you feel like you're ready to lose Twitter and you want to go and take your ideas to somewhere else, make sure you drop them in our Apple Podcast Reviews. Perfectly viable social media platform. Brandon, while we've got social media, though, I did want to ask this question coming off last (laughs) night. So the Falcons played the Panthers in a really forgettable game that the Panthers ended up winning at a rain-soaked field. Um Jake Matthews, the starting tackle for the Carol or for the uh, Atlanta Falcons, uh, longtime vet out of Texas A&M, was down in uh, traveled back to Georgia Thursday morning because his wife Maggie had gone into labor with their first child. Now his wife had a healthy baby boy named Beckett. It was their first, like I said, and so Jake hopped in the car and made his way up to Carolina to go and be a part of this game, and you saw the footage of him running in there and flip-flops, getting ready to go for this game, and it all worked out pretty well. And it ignited the age-old discussion. And I'm just curious for you, Brandon, because you and I both played football together. Every podcast is someone's first. You are now a father of two, and so you've got a perspective that I don't have. But this is a question my dad always used to ask me in addition to the if you had the choice and you had to chop off a piece of your pinky to keep playing in a game, would you do it? This was the close second of if your significant other was going into labor during a football game, would you miss it? And I want to just spin in a little bit and say, what is the lowest stakes football game that you would be willing to miss the birth of your child for? Like, would it have to be the Super Bowl? Would you mm. be willing to miss it for a wild card game? And I'll just say right now, parameters of this deal, you are in the prime of your career. You oh, have, damn you have never been to the postseason before and this is your first
1: child <sighs> i if okay if it's my first child Mike I think it's it'll be easy to skip it because you don't know yet like you don't know what you're missing you know what I mean like you don't know how like, really it's, it should be it should be important but like I, the reason why you should never do this and never miss the birth of your child is because of the amount of help your partner is going to need in the immediacy, getting that thing out and also afterwards. So, like, I I think it's just kind of crazy to think that, like, you would force uh, the mother of your child to weather that storm by themselves because of a football game. Now, with that being said, Mike, in high school, my last game I played in high school, Pleasure Ridge Park High School, at – on males uh, on Manuel's field, lost in the playoffs. Two point conversion, second overtime, and my head coach Chris Wolf the head coach of male football here now in Louisville, uh, won many state championships here in Louisville. He missed the birth of his first child to 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 see us lose in the playoffs uh, at for PRP in two thousand and seven. Uh, i I always looked at him differently like I, I was so confused. really I, yeah I, I was I, I knew football was important but I just always thought that family was more important because you know family faith in football like <laughs> they those, never yes. specified the order for those. I feel I just always thought it was chronological um, or a level of importance but Mike I will say a regular season game yes, a playoff game never been in the playoffs uh i may i may take the heat i may take the heat and be there for the second one so that's
0: interesting to me that you say you don't – it's like being a young player who goes to the postseason, you you don't know what you don't know at that point versus right. having the experience. That was my thought was if you had had the experience of going through and being there for the first one, I thought you might be more inclined to say, oh, man, I can't miss this. Is so impactful, everything that you just said there. So right. that that does make a fair amount of sense. I feel like for me it's easy to say – and, like again, I, have, I am not – a father, So I don't really have the analysis, but I could pretty safely say if it's the Super Bowl playing in the Super Bowl, like <laughs> in order of statistical probability, yeah. you are way more likely to have a baby than you are to win a Super Bowl.
1: Yes, 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 yeah. But I think honestly, for that, in that case, I would get in the lab and, and induce and that is uh, when you make the, the baby yeah, come. Know. Okay, I didn't know. I, I not know. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what words are. It <laughs> sounds like a, a brand of milk. I don't know. Indu- induce milk. <laughs> so I, it For was interesting.
0: Reason. I put a poll up on Twitter and asked this question. And I realized I didn't phrase it very well, and a lot of people also responded from a fan perspective, which I didn't think about the idea that you would love your team oh. enough to potentially. That's something that's just nor should po- you have thought that. Well, but uh, again. I want to acknowledge different perspectives. Like, I could never do that. Like, even if Notre Dame was playing in the national championship and they were favored to win and I was going to be there for the first national title, I wouldn't be at a game that somebody else was playing in in exchange for being there for my own kid. But I didn't have the attachment with a team like that. Like, I knew playing for a team like that. And so... I feel differently about that than maybe someone who grew up that had a team as a part of their family's life for the entirety of their life and it's a generational thing and it would mean that much to them because I saw plenty of people pointing out specific instances whether it was beating a division rival in the NFL, beating someone you know being like a a team like LSU or Auburn and winning a game against Alabama or something like that for meaningful stakes like it means different shit to some people man.
1: Yeah, it does, Mike, and I I envy those people's lives because maybe I I'd, I'd be a better commentator on the sports if I cared about it the way they did because that seems bonkers to me. There's no game that I would spectate like there's a TV in the in the delivery room, like every every room that you're forced to be in for long periods of time in the hospital, like has a TV waiting for you, wait waiting to show a a regular a basic cable television game television football game like it's just there
0: well I'm just saying like nowadays streaming so prevalent you never know and like oh, maybe you got yeah. bad cell service in the room or the hospital's Wi-Fi is for
1: shit Mike, Mike I, every Thursday I'm still befuddled and confused trying to log on to Amazon Prime uh, for my, my personal laptop and end up getting our, our home iPad that just has it at the ready because I don't remember the damn password for yeah. the Prime account
0: I just, i am it's a very interesting question to me. So at Gojo show on Twitter, what's the lowest stakes football game that you would be, or the lowest stakes football game that you would be willing to miss the birth of your first child for. Cause I want I think it's, I think like you said, I think I want it to be the first because that way we've got a control variable here. So yeah.
1: Yeah. That's it. And I, honestly. And you just, I don't know how you come back from that, Mike. I really don't know how you come back from it. It's so hard.
0: What do you it's mean so come hard. back
1: from that? I'm saying I'm saying I don't know how someone comes back from missing the birth of their child. Like not Jake. He 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 did he did both those things. I'm talking about like how people miss the birth of their child for a football game. Like I don't know how you especially the first one. I don't know how you would I mean, come back from that.
0: I mean, if it's for the Super Bowl, I feel like pretty
1: easily. The baby doesn't remember that shit. It's not about the baby. I tell you I told you it's about the spouse. Well, I it's understand that, partner. but, like,
0: I'm sure, like, if you could find, like, somebody's mom or a sibling to come in there and help out with some oh, of the heavy lifting gosh, in the meantime. like
1: that, that That mom or sibling didn't put that thing in them. It's not the same.
0: Well, listen, I understand it's not the same, but at some point, we all got to come off the bench, right? Next man in. You don't have time to sit around and ask questions. You either step up and make plays, or we're going to replace you with the person behind you here. The bottom line is results. We are in a results-based business when it comes to making these babies. It's, yeah, heaven, actually, Brandon, I, I think Have you not heard a, the phrase, don't show me the labor, show me the baby?
1: Yes, I have, I have heard that phrase. I do think that it, it is fair to spin zone and think of the in this instance husband in the super bowl very upset that his wife and uh mother of his new brand new baby missed him in the super bowl well i like the way i
0: always think about it too is if you've made it to that point this is a person that's likely been on a fair amount of the journey with you and seen okay. a lot of this and it's important to you know it's important to both parties and you know i don't know i feel like i feel like there's a lot of people that would be understanding of that
1: the Maybe Super Bowl may, just, may be just another game to a lot of people, though, Mike. Because I just think, like... like but do you think the Super Bowl is just months, another game? Nine the months. Super
0: Bowl is just another game to a person who is having a baby with a person
1: whose business is trying to get to that game. Like, I don't think then it's just another game. Yeah, it is. Because they're always going to be in constant pursuit of that game. The, the version of it is seeing Tom Brady get there and win it many a times and him still getting a divorce at the end of the day. Well, yeah, but I don't—I don't know what that has to do with anything. Like, it does. It has. It's perfect. It's 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 living, breathing proof that it is just a game.
0: Well, yeah. After a long time, when you're 45, like when you're not Tom Brady and your chance of getting back there is slim to shit, you've worked your whole life
1: for it. It's a different story. I'm saying for the person looking at the thing, they I'm. I'm. Well, t- yeah. It's for the okay. I, that's why I'm saying it's your first.
0: Everyone understands that one is different when it comes to you haven't won a Super Bowl at this point either, so you're yeah. in pursuit of something else that you don't have. Tom Brady had seven of those things at the end, and Giselle's like, "Hey, can we stop?" And he's like, "No, I can't stop." And she's like, "Okay, well, we're gonna stop." <laughs> that's a different set of circumstances.
1: <laughs> that is, that, that's basically how it was broken down. Yes, but I'm saying even with, I'm saying it's the it's the partners' naivete that allows you to get away with it as well because they're like. Oh yeah, I'm fine. Good luck in the game. Like you will have it. and then they're in the whole thing and they're like, "I wish Jake was here." Think oh wow.
0: So you're not you're not giving her enough independence and so, Don't do
1: that, Mike. Yeah, Brandon. Do oh that. wow. You act like Don't do she that. can't do that on her own. Wow. Wow. I didn't say she can't. I'm saying it would be it would be better. What'd you got? What else you got? What else you got on this thing?
0: <laughs> all right, Echo Joshua on Twitter. What's the lowest stakes football game you would miss the birth of your kid for? Or would you at all? Is there no game that would be worth that? All right, guys, let's talk about Jagermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jagermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things Jagermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong. All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Uh, Brandon, let's get to some games that probably do not qualify for that this week. Um, I, so looking at the preview for the weekend we'll get to college in a little bit but i want to start in the nfl with what i have dubbed chameleon week because we have the sounds of revenge game going on here for anyone who remembers that obscure album title reference <laughs> um brandon we've got three games this weekend Three, I think, big-ish games based on who's going to be where and the teams involved in them that all qualify as revenge games for either a quarterback or the head coach of the team here. So I want to figure out with you who we think has the best chance of winning and maybe order them because I think number one is going to be a pretty clear answer. So starting off, I think we have the game most people are curious about on the weekend just because – If it is a revenge game, it will mean Josh Allen is not out there. Minnesota's at Buffalo this weekend. The Bills are three-and-a-half-point favorites right now. But uh, as of yesterday, Josh Allen had not practiced for two straight days, Wednesday and Thursday, during the week. After dealing with a UCL injury and some issues with the surrounding nerves, we knew that they were getting that looked at and trying to figure out what the course of action was going to be. But so far, we haven't heard a lot of specifics there. And so... I'll say this, Brandon, Josh Allen should not play in this football game, period. If that is even a debate, that guy's long-term health, not only for your franchise as a whole, but just for this season to make sure you're giving him every chance you can get. I believe he had a similar injury like this his rookie year and missed about four weeks. You do whatever it takes to make sure that this does not, one, end in surgery, and two, end your season, you know, which would have longer-term effects, and two, end your season right now. Because for you, it's about digging out of the hole you've dug yourself in the division, and then getting back into that potential race for the one seed if Kansas City starts to slip up a bit. So he should not see the field. Case Keenum, who would be the subject of this revenge game, the former 2017 Minnesota Vikings quarterback who helped them to that playoff run, that guy should be in the game, and Josh Allen should be nowhere near that field.
1: My question is, how long should Josh Allen be put on ice, though? Right, because if if Case Keenum is serviceable which he usually is serviceable honestly pro- if i look at the numbers probably in november he's he's probably pretty serviceable do you keep josh allen on ice to make sure you save that elbow cuz like it seems like if you're putting a time period on it he can go about 9 weeks playing the way that he can and does until he starts getting banged up again yeah,
0: I mean, that's going to be based on what they know about the injury. And that's the one thing is we just don't know a lot of information about how many weeks this could potentially they take Well, I mean, they definitely do. I'm saying we don't. So you do whatever it takes as far as resting him because that whole franchise is built on the Josh Allen card. You pull that out, and the whole thing falls flat on its face, even as good as the rest of that roster is. You're right. Case Keenum might be able to drag you through some stretch of the season the way we saw with Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys earlier because Lord knows, top to bottom, the Bills have a better roster around their quarterback than the Cowboys do. The Cowboys' defense is sensational, but we know that often offense has been a work in progress. So, I think that's a pretty clear-cut answer, Brandon. Like I expect Minnesota to win this game. And Minnesota who's already won runaway and hit with the division, the question becomes on that side with them is this would be the fourth backup quarterback that they've played over the course of this season as they currently sit there 7 and 1 Damn. or 1 whatever they are. Yeah, like it was backup quarterback with Tua, it was backup it would be it would be backup quarterback in this situation and this is a Vikings team that is good. Like, I know they're good, but we just have no idea how good at this point because they have not had to see a ton of the best competition the league has to offer outside of one game against Philadelphia earlier in the season, and they were promptly beaten.
1: Yeah, and they haven't They haven't played otherworldly, Mike. They they just look like a really good Vikings team, if that makes sense. Like, some of these other teams and units start to look like they transcend – uh, the the name that's on the front of the jersey like the Vikings have just looked really really good for the Vikings and it's almost like the stretches that they've had later on in the season You're talking about Case Kenning and the the revenge games like I, I, I but I believe I believe in Kevin and I believe in Kirk. Kevin
0: and Kirk. It is interesting. Kirk, (laughs) Kirk. I mean, the irony of this is Kirk Cousins is the guy that was brought over to get you over that playoff hump. Because remember, 2017 Mm. was that year where we wound up with, I think, three backup quarterbacks in the conference championship round of play that ended up with Nick Foles and the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. But... Case Keenan was able to get them that far, and they said that offseason, all right, we think we're a quarterback away, and Kirk Cousins was supposed to be that guy, which is why I always have a healthy amount of skepticism about that team, because we have seen them lose in some of the most heartbreaking fashions in the postseason under Kirk Cousins' watch, and it just seems like at some point, it's either mental like the primetime thing, which, you know, the primetime thing I could buy as legitimately mental at this point, just because, It's such a deep well of instances like that, that we're all human. At some point, you start to overthink a little bit and press in those spots, just feeling the pressure of that moment as everyone talks about it. But the postseason thing, some of those have just been freak occurrences, but at this point, Kirk's got to wear
1: that. I want to go back to Stephon Diggs, right? Yeah. Because he was, I think that was a big part of having that offense for the Vikings, you know, elevate. Obviously, Stefan Diggs did a lot of things for that offense, but it seems like both sides have won the trade in, 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 at this point. Is that fair to say? Both sides have won
0: the trade for Stefan. No, I mean, I think Buffalo's won that to a greater extent because it helped unlock one of the best quarterbacks in the league.
1: He was already – he was
0: already Josh jo- Allen. No, jo- Josh Allen, when Stephon Diggs came over, was the elevator. Josh Allen is a great quarterback who was trending in the right direction. Stephon Diggs completely unlocked what that offense was capable of down the field. No, I, I mean, but I don't remember what Minnesota got as far as draft compensation, but if we're just talking as far as the product on the field, no, Buffalo is now looked at eye-to-eye with Kansas City as, when Josh Allen is healthy, one of the best teams in the NFL, and the Minnesota Vikings are a team that's lost one game that we still kind of look at side eyed so they've got great receivers there like Adam Thielen who was the tandem mate for Stephon Diggs now has Justin Jefferson as the receiver in that room that's slightly you know not slightly is better than him Um, and they've got like the parts that make it interesting but I think this is a game that they win I think this is a spot where Buffalo just needs to kind of saw off their arm in order to be able to get out of this situation alive Um, shout out to what was it 137 hours that rock 127. 127. I say I didn't want to James Franco yeah, ten more hours probably would have done him in. Um, Brandon, the next uh revenge game here, and I think the one that's most likely to produce uh a win for the returning revenge player, Mike McCarthy, making his trip back to Green Bay, where he was the head coach of the Packers, won a Super Bowl, was with Aaron Rodgers, and then was the person that Aaron Rodgers seemed to not want there all that much anymore. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Brandon Dallas is four point favorites in this game on the road at Lambeau. Green Bay lost Rashawn Gary for the season in their last game. They saw wide receivers banged up in that last game. Romeo Dobbs left early. Uh, Christian Watson, I think, was also a little bit banged up in that game. It's been a mess. And that offensive line that we've talked about has gotten Bakhtiari back more consistently, but still had to shuffle a lot of chairs. I just don't think Micah Parsons alone will let anything happen. Like, I know I I was one of the people that held on hope for a long time with the Green Bay Packers, and I am done. Cannot do it in this game. I think that... I think the Dallas defense is just too good at getting after the passer. Aaron Rodgers still has had some really good throws and really good moments, but he's been forced into a lot more mistakes, I think in part because of the amount of pressure he's been under. He's not as fleet of foot as he once was, and he doesn't have wide receivers that are capable of making as good of plays as he was used to with Devontae Adams. And so you combine that with a defense that lives on pressure and then has the other digs back there, the one that's capable and Travon of taking the ball away often, then yeah. that's the nice scenario for Green Bay, unless they actually decide to stick with running the ball for once.
1: I mean, even if they do, Mike, I don't know if that stops the bleeding. That just keeps Dak off the field. I, I think this is a, a real opportunity for when you're talking about matches, matchups, the Cowboys could bully the Packers yeah. everywhere, up and down the field. And uh, the reason I really think that the Packers are going to lose this game is you talk about the revenge, uh, revenge weekend. Mike McCarthy turned fifty nine yesterday. Mike, he turned fifty nine, and his family was out of town, so he spent the entire day home alone, loving every minute. That's that's uh, that was the quote.
0: Home alone, loving every minute.
1: I I I think I think the solitude is like the zenness. And the T and the third eye of, of Aaron Rodgers. Like I think Mike McCarthy is actually in that headspace right now. Could be dangerous. He might know how to manage the clock and, and all kinds of stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I like the I like the Cowboys here.
0: Yeah, I mean the Packers, one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. We've seen them get bullied plenty. This Cowboys offensive line coming together the way it has has been one of the surprises of the season. The thing I think we're all waiting to see is is Jerry Jones gonna get his way and have Zeke Elliott get in the lion's share of touches still even after we saw a Tony Pollard world when he was sidelined. That's probably the most interesting thing about this game because again, I just do not think the Packers have what it takes at this point to make that an overly competitive game. So I think Mike McCarthy is a really good chance of going out there and getting revenge. Ironically at a time where Aaron Rodgers has kind of pined for the exact offense that Mike McCarthy ran, right? As we heard Aaron Rodgers talking about how he didn't want as much motion in yeah. the offense and he wanted to go yeah. a little faster. That was Mike McCarthy's offense. Was Everything's kind of still. Everything's kind of simple. And Aaron Rodgers just gets to go make freak show throws to some really good wide receivers.
1: Yeah, I, but I think this time around, though, I feel like if the Packers end up winning this game, I feel like we learn more about the Packers than we do about the Cowboys. Like, cause we're we're expecting the Cowboys to slip and fall at some point in time on the stretch of the season. I, I've already put them, picked them as my team to to uh, sell, sell high. high. Yeah, I I'm, I I just don't believe in the Cowboys. So I think this is a a bigger game for the Packers because not that they have more to lose, but I just feel like I just feel like they they have to have some ego in this, right? They've been the Packers this entire time.
0: Yeah, that just doesn't seem to buy a whole bunch right now when your team's been, again, as banged up in key areas as we just talked about for them. They've gotten healthy on the secondary, but you're talking about a team whose strength is on the ground for the Cowboys. And I think that's part of the problem is when we look at team, a team like the Cowboys and then I think to a greater extent some of the other teams that we've talked about uh, as dynamic rushing teams, the Tennessee Titans, the New York Giants, and others like that. You're going to need to have a lot more big play capability, I think, if you're going to put a team like the Cowboys in an uncomfortable position. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and the Packers aren't going to win this game by being explosive. If they did, they would win it on the back of Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon or the low and slow passing game. That's been the only thing we've seen from them. Dallas right. can play that game. They're very content to play that game offensively and defensively they're going to force you into an uncomfortable spot, even if they're more apt to getting after the passer maybe than they are stopping the run. So I think Mike McCarthy's got the best chance of walking out of this weekend happy. The last one, Brandon is super interesting. Cleveland on the road at Miami. We're counting down the weeks now until we have to prepare for the return of Deshaun Watson at quarterback after that 11 game suspension. But in the meantime, Jacoby Brissett revenge game was with the dolphins last year during the 2021 season. Uh, Miami's three and a half point favorites in this game. And this is totally a styles make fight game, right? Miami can't stop much of anything on defense. Cleveland is one of the best offenses in the league. We talk about dynamic rushing offenses. They go out there and roll people off the rock with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And so it's really kind of what flavor ice cream do you like as far as that? I just think at this point, again, we talked about what you need to beat some of these teams, I I don't know if they'll cover, but I think Miami wins this game just because that passing attack with Waddle and Tyreek Hill has been lethal even in a lot of simplicity in what they're doing. You just have two guys that are so physically gifted that every opposing defense is on their heels from the jump.
1: Yeah, it's odd to see the Dolphins as underdogs in this spot, spot Mike. I, I I understand it, they're, and I do they're think no, they're, they're the not.
0: Browns. They're not underdogs. They're three and a half point favorites.
1: Oh, okay, 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 okay. Let me restart that. It's odd to see no. Um <laughs> I almost feel like the line is is not fair to the Browns. You think they deserve more respect than that? I mean, if I'll tell you what, if the if the if Tampa Bay I'm sorry, If the Buccaneers and the Seahawks are playing in Germany and that line is two and a half, I feel like this Browns-Dolphins game is just as close if not close. This feels like one of those one and one and a half uh, point games, Mike, just because the Dolphins are so unpredictable. Obviously, they can move the ball up and down the field, but the Browns are stingy in the red zone too. Like, I I I just don't – I think this is kind of disrespectful to the Browns even though the Miami Dolphins are the better football team.
0: Over-under number is at 49.5 right now, which I think is super interesting because I think there's going to be a shit ton of points in this game. So over could yeah, the over could point. be a live dog in that one just based on the fact that, again, Miami's defense doesn't play much defense right now. Matchup I'm most excited to watch in this game. Uh, Teron Armstead, the tackle that they brought over in Miami from the New Orleans Saints, going up against Miles Garrett, who is just a pair of absolute mutants. Two of the freakiest dudes you'll see on the edges up front in football. Enjoy that one. Bask in it. Love it. Uh, Brandon, we'll get to uh, a little bit two college football games before we get to our picks for the weekend. It's Kentucky Derby time. Are you ready for the greatest two minutes in sports? Saddle up with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Download DK Horse now to join the Run for the Roses action. New customers can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. see terms at dkhorse.com the two biggest games of the weekend i think as far as well one is big just historically right and then the other is big in the playoff sense alabama on the road at ole miss This is one where I want to see if anyone's really brave enough to pick against Nick Saban backed in a corner. They're, I think, 10.5-point favorites in this game, so they're expected to go out here and win this, but you're going up against a former Saban disciple. This would potentially be the third loss in a season for Alabama, Um, they're already basically out of playoff contention. They would need LSU to implode and lose the last two games of the season to Arkansas and to Texas A&M. So they're in a very different position, but at the same time, I do not feel like Nick Saban backed into a corner is the kind of person that I want to go at here. That's like when you got a raccoon out by the garbage can and all of a sudden you've bit off more than you could chew.
1: Yeah, Mike, but that line is insane, especially for a college football game, especially for a Lane Kiffin offense. uh Ole Miss eleven plus eleven and a half. Oh this think,
0: against... Ole, Miss, Ole Miss plus ten and a half. Now it's <laughs> I think it's going to be about what Alabama decides to be offensively because last year Alabama ran the ball 50 times against Ole Miss and beat them by three touchdowns in that game because Ole Miss still, then and now, can't stop Buddy. They play a 3-2-6 on defense. They are intentionally light to stop passing attacks, and when you encounter something like that, you get in trouble. They also have the antidote that usually helps you beat Nick Saban, which is being able to have a quarterback that can run the ball. Jackson Dart's got 473 yards rushing. On the season. They've got some monsters at running back. Quinshawn Judkins has been one of the best freshmen in the country so far this season. Uh, you've got Zach Evans in that backfield too. So there's gonna be points. And Alabama's defense, I've heard a bunch of people say it, has struggled on the road, giving up rushing yards in the SEC to road opponents. But part of this is just me saying Nick Saban's going to put two hands on the wheel now and make sure this doesn't happen. I don't know if the 10.5 points is too rich for me or not, but I know Alabama is going to win this game because Nick Saban is not going to go out like this on the season. I mean, if they lose this game, you're going to have message board people and fine bomb callers calling for Nick Saban's job. 100%.
1: <laughs>
0: Mike, that how? How? how Brandon, People want – Ohio State message board posters wanted to fire Ryan Day during the Northwestern game last week, and they are the number two team in the country right now. If Nick Saban loses three games, it is going to be whatever the worst DEFCON is down in Tuscaloosa. I just don't think that's going to happen. All All of the situation here leans Nick Saban is going to have this team and this coaching staff ready to play in a way that we have not seen so far from them this season.
1: And I can't wait for them to go out and lay an egg after after you just explain perfectly why they cannot. I can't wait to go out sit there and see Lane Kiffen drenched with red Gatorade by the end of the game. God, Lane Kiffin would be
0: I mean, he's a, the, you're already having Lane Kiffin linked to the Auburn job and so much shit. If he managed Ooh. to somehow get over and remember, he was the one out here defending Saban after the Texas and like all of the Texas AM stuff. Um, Jimbo Fisher, I think took some shots at, uh, at, uh, Lane as well. So he's been very pro Saban in the way that he's gone about these things, but we know Sabin doesn't really take kindly to losing a former assistance. It's not a thing that happens very often. I don't mm. think it happens here, but Brandon biggest game of the weekend, as far as implications for the playoff going forward. And I know everyone does the thing where they feel like we can't talk about the playoff or there's too much focus on it. It's November. I've heard Alex Kirshner over at Split Zone Duo said it best the goal of the sport is to win the championship we're in the final month of the regular season we've got three weeks of this left and we've got some legitimately interesting storylines like TCU's entrance back into the top of the sport TCU who in the first year of the college playoff got their hearts ripped out of their chest when Ohio State baptized Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game by 55 points and leapfrogged them into the college football playoff it was one of the first true flashpoints in the discussion around the playoff and this sport and so TCU fans some riding high right now some feeling the ghosts and the stings of the past all leads us to their game on the road against Texas they are seven point dogs going down to DKR this weekend and Brandon I started off this week I've said on this podcast I felt like TCU was primed to lose and I've sat here as the week's gone on and I've looked at this game and I've found myself all of a sudden wandering back over to the sweet loving arms of Hypnotoad I think TCU can pull this off man I really think they can And, and like when you look at this game, it's a it's a stoppable force meets movable object kind of thing. I saw a stat on ESPN.com since the start of last year, Texas has blown 4 14 point leads while TCU this year is 4 and 0 when trailing in the second half. Ooh. It's a total opposite's attract to game. Now, adva- one of the big advantages for Texas is on the ground. Bijan Robinson might be the best running back in college football. He is, TCU gives up, per rush, is 100, excuse me, TCU is 113th in the country in yards before contact per rush. So, offensive line yards getting blown off the ball, and they've given up right. 41 runs of 10 or more yards. Bijan Robinson is 15th in yards before contact per rush and 17th in the country with 27 rushes of 10 plus yards. So, he rips off big chunk plays and gets blocking in a way that attacks directly the thing that TCU does not do well. For TCU, Big swing state is going to be Quentin Johnston's health. He's been dealing with, I think, a lower body injury for the last few weeks. Didn't play a ton of snaps in their comeback win against Texas Tech. But if you go back to the first few games of the season, he wasn't up putting up big numbers. It wasn't until the Kansas game on college game day that we saw him break out, the guy who's going to be a future first-round NFL wide receiver more than likely. They used him as a decoy in those games, and I think they can do that again. They've got a good back in Kendra Miller. Max Duggan is a good, not great quarterback, but he's had big moments and played well in the second halves. And, Brandon, this is just one of those areas, too, where I I think there's value in the maturity of having been through situations where you found yourself down and had to claw out, right? Because we've been on the other side. You and I have been on teams, plenty of teams, where you've had a lead and things start to go wrong against an opponent you're supposed to beat. And then you get that, oh, here we go again, sinking feeling of dread, where everyone starts looking around, seeing who else is going to make the play. And for Texas, having lived that now so many times over the last couple years, as good as you've been, it's a hard thing to shake and for TCU on the other side they're not really going to be deterred by that and so uh, you know they've gone down they've beaten Texas four of the past uh for the past five times that they've gone down and played on the road at Texas so i understand Sark's got them going in a different direction but i i i have maybe it's just watching all of the wild internet hypnotoad videos but they have got me under their spell hypnotoad forever
1: no i think that i mean TCU deserves our respect, obviously, and they could be who in the college football playoffs. Much to I bet uh, ESPN chagrin, but this game is going to be one of those uh, watch every snap until the last snap uh, offense. Like I, I think Texas has been electric. Like who's going to be? Is it going to be Ellinger? Yeah, uh no no, El- <laughs> no, they w- they wish uh um- Not Ellinger, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. not Ellinger. Uh the the rookie. What's the other uh, freshman? Qu- yours, yours, yeah. Quinn yours. Yeah, it's going
0: yours yours is in there. It's been more about the rushing attack lately, but he has been the quarterback that has elevated him in a bunch of times this season. So, yeah, it's Brandon, it's going to be electric. Most of these Big 12 games, especially the ones Texas have involved in, have been watched until the very last drop. So, I admit, I have come full circle on this thing. This is going to be the one to watch because the four seed, if they lose this week, will officially be cursed. It was Clemson last week getting dropped by Notre Dame. It would be TCU this week getting dropped, albeit by a ranked Texas team, as opposed to unranked Notre Dame knocking off fourth-ranked Clemson. But... This is the biggest swing state as far as the college football playoff because if TCU loses this game, the Big 12 is out. They are their only hope because – TCU or Texas and a lot of the rest of these teams are sitting knotted at 6 and 3. I think there's four teams in the Big 12 right now that are sitting at 6 and 3. And so if undefeated TCU gets knocked out, it's game over for them, which is green light go for a team like Tennessee who's still looking to try and hang on in all of this. It's green light go for the Pac-12 who's got very real opportunities. Oregon hosting Washington this weekend is another big time game, but TCU holds the keys for that entire conference right now.
1: Mike, how did how did Fox lose this game? This game is going to be on ABC primetime. I guess maybe that's the, the, the primetime window, but this just seems like Big 12, like a huge Big 12 game. It says Fox Noon written
0: all over it. I know. It's going to be shocking not to hear Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt calling this game. So somehow we'll survive without a whole bunch of gus because Lord knows there's going to be enough plays that are worthy uh, of that in the process. Uh, Brandon? Now it's time to get to the picks. We've enjoyed just getting to go here and kind of softball, easy win, loss stuff. Time to do damage with the spread. Uh, Six thick picks, uh, three college, three pro going into every weekend. Uh, Brandon will then have his no-rut November pick uh, for you guys this weekend. Mm. Just to recap, season record 23-34-3. So we're climbing out of the cellar. I dug myself a hole early, much like TCU, and I'm trying to climb out of it on the backside of this game. Um, college Brandon will go, um, Tulane, uh, playing UCF Tulane minus one and a half. This is uh huge for what we talk about in the other part of the college football playoff highest ranked group of five team gets a bid to the new year, six Tulane still has a rough road to go, but this defense has fucking teeth to it. Watch them kick the shit out of people all year. Willie Fritz has done a great job reviving this team. We talked a lot about the two and 10 season from last year that they rebounded from, I like their shit. I'll take Tulane minus one and a half in this game. I'll take Louisville plus seven against Clemson. I think Ooh, that's that's Mike. been a game that was close last year. And if you go yeah. and if you look at what's caused Clemson problems, it's being able to get in the backfield and rattle these quarterbacks as they try and figure out that situation right now. You've got some injuries on the um uh on the uh Clemson wide receiver room, Xavier Thomas, their D end, is out for the season now. He was injured before the Notre Dame game and lost. So you've got all those lining up with the Louisville defense that is fast and lethal, caused a ton of problems for Sam Hartman and that Wake Forest team two weeks ago. And so I think they can keep it close. I don't know if they can win it, but also every game for Clemson has been really close for the majority of this season. They're just not a team that's capable of a lot of ass whooping at this point. And so I'll take Louisville plus seven. I'll come on home the final pick, Brandon, for college. I thought about some other places, but I decided Mm -hmm. I needed to get back to my roots. And I know Iowa's been scoring a bunch of points lately, but they've been scoring them against Purdue, and they've been scoring them against Northwestern, defenses that can stop nothing and nobody, except for apparently Ohio State in a windstorm if you're Northwestern. Iowa plays Wisconsin this week. Wisconsin's got Jim Leonard trying to hold on and make sure that that job becomes his as the head coach now that Paul Chris has been let go. Jim Leonard, Wisconsin's very own defensive coordinator, who's going to say, We are not going to let any of these Iowa quarterbacks go out here and put up points on us. Wisconsin and Iowa under 35 points. We're back on Iowa unders this week. Back like we never fucking left. Uh, NFL, Brandon, we already touched on some of these. Dallas minus four against Green Bay. Take that one to the bank. I think that Dallas is going to potentially run them. The Vikings plus three and a half against the Bills in a game where I don't expect Josh Allen to play. And I like the Seahawks plus two and a half in Germany against Tampa Bay. Seahawks are just steady Eddie. I think a lot of people are going to overweight what we saw at the end of that last game from Tom Brady and company. The Bucks can still be good enough to win the South. I don't think they're good enough to go out and beat the team that's been right now the class of the NFC West
1: beautiful picks Mike I like all of them uh, especially that Louisville pick who they got a bad taste in their mouth from that uh was the yeah the ACC championship game Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson yeah um so <sighs> this is a, a big big revenge game always will be for Louisville against Clemson my 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 no rut November pick Mike and mind you, I pick winners. Sure. My one loss is because I tried to pick a team outright instead of picking the points. And that was my very first pick. Oh, you're riding a hot streak right now. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. Don't These don't lose. They don't lose. Okay. So, with that being said, I think the New York Giants are real. Uh, I think the Texans are cute, fun, and, and competitive. When it comes to running back versus running back, you got to go with the the now versus the future, right? We're talking about uh, D. Pierce versus S. Barkley. Giants. Minus four. Mm. Take the points. I I don't see the Texans getting close enough to that at all. If they do, I think – if they do, they'd be playing the Jets and not the Giants. And they're not. They're playing the Giants. So the Giants minus four.
0: Giants coming off a bye too. So Brian Dable yes. with a little extra time here. I like that pick. And again, Brandon, you've been kicking the ass on these things, and I have been trying to just survive right now.
1: And so oh my uh gosh. again Can you imagine if I pick six. You you pick six in college and football every what's your record right now?
0: Uh we don't need to talk about that right now because it's not as great as I want it to be. But we are okay. again efforting to get out of the slums there. Uh Brandon Now that we got all the previewing done, we're locked and loaded, ready going into the weekend. There's only one thing left to do and only one question that we have left to ask. Do you know what time it is, Brandon?
1: Yeah. (coughs) Yes, Mike. I'd like to make myself believe that planet Earth turns Slowly, it's hard to say that I'd rather stay awake while I'm asleep. Cause everything is this, that, and the third. I fall asleep. What's that group called? Leave them? my door open just a crack. <laughs> God damn it. It had been so long. I'm just joking. Just uh. joking. <laughs>
0: Just, just TT and
1: T goofing. What's what's
0: oh, the, what's the name man. of that group that sings that song?
1: That is the best part about this whole thing, Mike. Owl City, yes. Owl yeah. City, and and. We talk about them all the time. Our friend Braxton Cave was obsessed with this song. Mike, the biggest thing, the biggest hoodwink of 2010, because this song came out in 2009, is to realize that Owl City is not a group at all. It is one man named Adam Young on his keyboard, just like it was in the music video. This is not a group of people. This is a one guy with too much time on his hands and made one song.
0: I believe he uh, was the subject of the Taylor Swift song, Enchanted.
1: Oh, <gasps> really? Yeah,
0: I forget where they ran into each other. Shout out to every single album. Oh, Tyler I see Swift. an
1: old picture of him and, and Taylor.
0: Yeah, he wrote a really bad rebuttal to that song that was super cringy, and so. No one really acknowledges it that much anymore, but uh, good for him to be uh, blessed by the Queen. That's a big-time moment, and to be blessed by Brandon Newman in this, that, and the third. If you liked it, make sure you you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. Take your tweets to our comments and make sure you tell Brandon Newman what a good job he's done on that. Brandon, let's go to someone who's doing a fucking terrible job, and that is Washington Commander's owner Daniel Snyder. Um, Recently... The Attorney General for Washington, D.C. has filed a civil lawsuit against the Washington Commanders, their team owner, Daniel Snyder, the NFL, and Roger Goodell for allegedly colluding to deceive fans and district, and district residents about the league's investigation into the team's toxic workplace culture and then the allegations of sexual assault in an effort to maintain a strong fan base and increase profits. This goes back to all of the conversation about them poking around into the financial impropriety that Daniel Snyder's been linked to about uh, hiding certain amounts of revenue from the other owners in the NFL. This also comes off that idea that, when you had had the first report going on, the Wilkinson report, that the NFL and the Washington commanders had agreed into some sort of legal binding relationship that allowed them to share information without it getting out to the public. All of these things that this attorney general is trying to capitalize on. He had a bunch of big tough talk language about how this wouldn't take place on a yacht, it will take place in a courtroom in DC. Ooh. Yeah, it, it all sounds good when these guys get to go puff out their chest. This guy, by the way, uh, this attorney general, I believe is on his way out and is going to be replaced by a Dem- uh, Democratic attorney general who's going to continue this investigation. Um, now, Brandon, I'll say this. like The specifics of this, to me, like this is going to be a civil suit. This is not a criminal case or anything. Um, Michael McCann, who uh, is a legal expert at Sportico, said that There's long odds on this that the NFL and the Commanders are two private parties. They don't have a duty to disclose internal investigations and those materials to fans, a.k.a. the Wilkinson Report, that never got released. But this is just another bit of blood in the water. And when you couple it with everything that we already know, and what we saw a couple of days ago, we didn't get to talk about this on here. But in the lead-up to this, as Daniel Snyder was getting called out by the Attorney General, you had a statement released by the team... Uh, The Washington Commanders put out a statement uh, from their spokesperson regarding the D.C. Attorney General and the press conference that ended up happening yesterday. And in that statement, the commander said, Less than three months ago, a 23-year-old player on our team was shot multiple times in broad daylight. Despite the out-of-control violent crime in D.C., today the Washington commanders learned for the first time on our Twitter that D.C. Attorney General will be holding a press conference to make, quote, a major announcement related to the organization tomorrow. And they went on to talk about how they've been, cooperative law enforcement for years. Brandon, they're referencing Brian Robinson, the running back for the Washington commanders that was shot before the season. And is now thankfully Correct. healthy back on the field. They tossed that man's name out there in some weak ass attempt to try and divert attention with some bullshit. What for what they are dealing Crazy. with as an organization. Thank Brian Robinson's agent called him out. It was hot bullshit. I can't imagine how pissed he was as a player. I was pissed sitting there and I don't know Brian Brian Robinson from Adam. But it was the height of bullshit and just another in a long line of things. The Attorney General's, uh, Attorney General's civil suit is another in a long line of things that are just a reminder that this guy, we have to... Every positive bit of energy, every bit of energy we can throw into the spirit bomb that is the there Bank of America finding a sales partner for the Snyder family, we have to muster up because we can't do any more of this. It just gets worse and worse as time goes along somehow, way.
1: Yes, and in the meantime, they've had uh, great coaches that have done great things and uh, had their own coaching trees. Like, I, I can't get over just how important the franchise has been in spite of. Well, and like,
0: it's amazing the sheer volume of things Daniel Snyder has not been good at, right? Like between keeping your employees safe, which is obviously at the top of the list, not being accused of sexually harassing or assaulting your employees making any of the other owners' money, being able to procure a stadium, having a stadium that's not a gigantic, dilapidated piece of shit that Taylor Swift doesn't want to have a concert in, and then not (laughs) slandering your own players in a weak attempt to defend yourself as you feel the walls closing in on you. He's not been good at doing anything, Brandon, other than spending money on free agents that ultimately don't net this team the thing
1: that fans ultimately want. I know, Mike, I know, but in still... You'll find people in that area, in the DMV area, that are willing to. Oh, I don't think any, not defend. I don't, him, I don't think anymore. Not defend him. Not anymore. Not defend him. But 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 the way they defend the franchise feels like they're apologizing for him. The way that, you know, it's hard to make the the comparison. But well, people have been like apologizing for Kanye.
0: Brandon, I think that people who are attached to the franchise and anyone around there, the true fans of that team have long wanted Daniel Snyder out because he's an embarrassment. And at the top of the head, you know, if the, you know, the fish rots from the head down, they've watched this organization rot in front of their eyes and it's not something they want to tolerate any longer. So add this to the pile of Daniel Snyder things that just further underscore the fact that. We all have to hope and pray that, as him and his wife announced, they were part—you know—they were linked up with Bank of America to try and find a potential partner for some sort of financial transaction. We hope it is a sale, and that Jim Irsay's words in this case had an effect that we like, a positive one, in getting this guy up out of the paint because it needs to happen sooner than later. Uh, Brandon, speaking of that, let's get whoa, whoa, to, let's get to that. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament all the way through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. So whether you're bought in on heat culture at this point or think the Boston Celtics can survive a bump in the road, we got options for you. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code GOJO, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.co/bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: We'll, we'll get we'll get to that, but coming off of that. I just realized we're kind of, we kind of have similar shirts on. You're wearing a Maryland, I'm imagining a Maryland lacrosse shirt. I'm wearing a Baltimore Ravens t shirt. We're in the same DMV area right now. I, 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 Do you see that? Do you feel that? Yeah,
0: no, I do feel that. I was trying to get out of here without having that be too noticed because my Notre Dame lacrosse friends will not appreciate this. And so we're going to keep it moving to that right now. Shout out to John Tillman, friend of the program. Uh, Yeah, take your cozy off or your comfy off. Brandon, let's get to that. Uh, That is a New York Post article. Involving Jerry Springer, name I hadn't heard in a while. Uh, Jerry Springer 78 years old and hopped on David Yontef's Behind the Velvet Rope podcast and was asked if he considered himself the granddad of reality TV. And he said, quote, No, I just apologize. I'm so sorry. What have I done? I've ruined the culture. I just hope that hell isn't that hot because I burn real easy. Brandon, I feel like he was being self-deprecating because one... The Jerry Springer Show was the beginning of so much of our foundation of reality television, was it not?
1: Uh, it, it was, but that's – I'll take an apology. Like, I think he does – I think I, – I don't want to hear him talk about all the money he printed and, and feeling bad because he's going to hell now at the end, other side of it. But, yes, as important as it was, Mike, like, so was the Kim K. Ray J. sex tape. But it doesn't make it doesn't mean it was good. Well, he's not
0: saying it was good. I'm saying that like listen, right, wrong, or indifferent, it happened, and he is the bedrock of this, and he needs to take credit for it.
1: Credit or blame?
0: I don't know. Six of one half dozen of the other. We've been finding our ways to hedonism <laughs> as a people for I don't know how long. So Listen, he did it, and if people people choose to follow, that's not on him. So it happened. And I mean, you know what? It's like the steroid era in baseball, Brandon. We all sat there and enjoyed it. So why am I going to sit up here now and say that that guy shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? I'm not going to do it. What I will ask is for you, what is more tied to core memory for you, the Jerry Springer show or for Maury Povich? Because I think timeline-wise for us, Maury Povich ended up being – one of those seminal moments just because those paternity tests became such a phenomenon
1: yeah i I agree but i think the jerry springer show brought timelines to our minds and our television screens that we would have never known existed so as as important as the uh gender reveals were it was it could get repetitive like, cause we, it's either going to, you know, we either get the dance or we don't. And I told you, I told you. And like, someone's very sad at the end of the whole thing. The Jerry Springer show, like birthed Steve Wilko's show. You know what I mean? Like it, we had a security guard on stage, ready for shit to pop off, because it did. And chairs were thrown. And then the the audience would come in and just start fights as well. It it, it was just, and it's just like this unassuming white man just walking around with his glasses, asking very poignant questions. I, I'm I'm sorry, but uh, you see my affinity for the for Jerry Springer.
0: No, I can I can tell I have your passion for Jerry Springer, even though. He wants to condemn himself to hell, which, you know, at the very least, he'll be a very, very coherent and helpful host in hell for whatever they're going on with down there. I bet he can help sort out a lot of problems. Uh, Brandon. Get some closer. Let's get to the third, Brandon. Um, yes. And I just want to preface this by saying, as like a general life principle, we see all the time, in the world of sports and otherwise, people spend a lot of time reducing women down to their looks. And It's bad. You shouldn't do that. Yes. You shouldn't do that in mm-hmm. sports. You shouldn't do that in life. People should be allowed to go out there and accomplish of their own accord to be appreciated for those accomplishments and not just reduce down to whatever their body provides for the weird voyeur who's checking out all that. So in an effort to balance the scale, I like to objectify men every once in a while kind of tilt the balance of power for a little bit because shit for a long time we've been able to go out here and do our thing so we'll probably do for some of this. And someone helped this out. So yesterday at contact a brother on Twitter put out a list and said, "Quote, I finally did enough research. The top 12 sluttiest things that men can do. And I want to run down this list Brandon and find out what number of these things we each check off to see just how slutty each one of us are, okay?" I'm ready. All right, uh, Brandon, number one, take pottery classes. Have you ever taken a pottery class, and have you currently?
1: No. You've no, never not slutty You've enough.
0: never gone to a pottery place? No. Oh, God, it's a delight. I have gone to a pottery place. I I still have some of the stuff my mom has that I made as a kid, so I don't know if it counts when I went before like the age of 15, but I'm going to consider myself sluttier for that.
1: Um, okay, yeah, I, I watched a lot of ghosts growing
0: up, so I just thought it was for adults. It was for the grown and sexy in that movie. Go sex, yeah. Not on this yeah. list. Spoiler alert. Um, number two, order appetizers. <laughs> Brandon, this one is one of been the one of the biggest shocks to me about just being around any group of people is. There is, I think, no more important person than the one who finally just takes charge. Because you know how everyone hems and haws in a group when you got yeah. multiple people and no one wants to go and pick for other people? No one actually yeah. cares. Most appetizers are going to do the job. And so if you just actually decide on something, even if your hit rate's low, you're going to be a hero. This one was a revelation to me.
1: I feel you, Mike, but there's always that one person. If it's a group of four or more, there's that one person that really wasn't going to have any, didn't want the apps. And therefore you're the person that pulled the trigger on the thing that they didn't want. They knew somebody was going to do it, but you're the, you're that guy for them now. Uh, so like that's, I, I'm always, I'm always comp- the lowest common denominator for me.
0: I think the juice far outweighs the square. The juice is worth the squeeze. The benefits far outweigh yes. the negatives. Number three, know his big three. Now. I admit Wait a minute, can I say can I say that I'm out here ordering appetizers? Yeah, we're both like, I'm 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 okay. We're both out here okay. ordering appetizers, so yeah. um okay. know his big three. So for some people might not be aware of this. Um this is an astrology references. It's your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. Brandon, I do not know my big three, so I lose out here.
1: Well, okay, so your sun sign, just so everyone knows, your sun sign is the sign that you know. Right, that's the one that you're. So like I'm. So like when your
0: birthday, like my birthday, September 28th. So I'm a Libra. That's my sun sign.
1: Yes, exactly. Now everyone's moon sign is different, based on when and where they were born, right? And that rising shit, I don't know nothing about. But I am a, I am a Aquarius rising Scorpio with a something moon. And that's how you would say that, your big three. So you only get two out of three, so I guess you don't get full credit for this one. No, definitely not slutty enough. Definitely not. All right. Well, we have time to get our birth
0: charts in order and get ready to go. Um, Number four, know how to cook. I feel like both you and I fall into this category.
1: Thank you. Thank you for throwing me in there as well. I was going to put you there. Thank you for the respect. All right. um, Number five, major in English. Neither of us did this. No, but we both could have. So I think we're kind of like a little sexy, yeah, a little slutty. We're
0: showing we're showing a little leg on this one. You and I both took a couple yes. of lit classes together, American short story class together. <laughs> so partial credit on this one. Uh, number six, yes. work as a barista. I've never done that of you. No, no. You just used to I, take. I like you I, just
1: used to take things from baristas. Why well, would you say that? I think it was a okay. Maybe, there's that one time and that one candle. I think. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly did that, but did not work as a barista.
0: Uh, Brandon, I don't mean to height shame on this next one, but number seven is B6-4. So I am that slutty. Unfortunately, you are not that slutty.
1: Okay. okay. How 6'4 are you? Because it says B6-4 plus. I was measured
0: at pro day at 6'4 and a quarter. And I've always maintained no, one, no one over 6'2 has to lie about their height.
1: Okay. It's a, it's a working theory. I'm just saying, let's put it this
0: way. I'm saying no one over six, two usually lies about their height in the way that a
1: lot of other men in a different range will. I feel like football players don't lie about their height because we know,
0: well, yeah, you know, you know, and also you've got other things to be secure enough about that. You don't worry about that. Like you're incredibly strong. You were so good at all these things that what did it matter if you weren't six, four, you could go out there and forklift people
1: yeah like I, I started yeah, <laughs> you're 100 percent right, but I started to like feel insecure because I was telling people how tall I was, and I was looking down at them and they were telling me that they were that height, and I was like, "But no, no, like I am not that big. yeah I' not this is not I am it. not six, two or taller, and I have height issues because of it. Number eight: listen to Harry
0: Styles.
1: Yeah, you're slutty
0: ass. I am downright dirty. Um, number nine. At,
1: wait a minute, as it as it as it was, I I'm getting a little slutty. Okay. All
0: right. All right. There we go. We love that for you. We love that for you. Um, number nine, thigh tattoo slash porn stash combo. I have a bad mustache face, and I have not gotten any tattoos below my chest. So I'm assuming you're in the same category. You've had good mustaches.
1: Yes. Thank you. I. some people say I, I resemble Burt Reynolds when I actually do rock just the mustache. Mm. Um, and I also am uh, going to get a thigh tattoo, but I'm not there yet. I want to get the word supercalifragilisticexpialidocious tattooed around my leg, like a band.
0: All right. One time, one time for that. So Brandon, aspiring slut in that area. Um, number 10, play instruments, uh, played instruments as a kid. Cannot play them anymore. So again, kind of like the pottery question, I'm only going to give myself half credit on that because I haven't played piano since high school.
1: Okay. But if it was one, if you had to choose one instrument to play to be a slutty man, which one would you play?
0: Oh, if I could pick any instrument. Yeah. um, Probably like jazz flute.
1: Okay. 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 I see you a or like that or like what's
0: well, that or bass? Like I feel like being out there and being the guy with like the low draw, you can kind of lean into it a little bit. Bass kind of sexy.
1: See, I'm I'm a '90s baby, straight up. And uh, Bill Clinton made saxophones sex symbol for a very, very long time. So I think I'm all about that sex. You know, Oh, yeah. No, listen,
0: Careless Whisper has gotten a lot of people to the place they need to go. So you're not going to have to fight <laughs> me on that. I'm 100% with you. Uh, number 11, calls himself a silly goose. You guys can go back and check the timestamp at the top of this podcast. <laughs> oh, you
1: Brandon, dirty dog and silly goose.
0: Brandon, uh, Silly Goose University called. You got in. Uh, I knew I had the credentials, Mike. <laughs> I
1: call myself a silly goose all the time.
0: Number 12, wash their sheets once a week. Uh, I fall short. The fuck out of here. I fall short on this one, man. Like I'm lucky. I'll usually get them like once every two weeks. I don't let them go too much beyond that anymore, but once a week, that's, that's asking a lot.
1: I will say children help out a lot especially little ones because the P is inevitable <laughs> and you can only let you can only let you can only let some some stain sit. I so I
0: really I really need a no context Gojo show account to populate what remains of Twitter. I need someone to take up the mantle <laughs> for that, just so that we can get the first one to be the P is inevitable.
1: <laughs> the P is inevitable, Mike. We deal with so much shit, like knee deep in shit with two boys. One that should be out of diapers, but he, he hard headed right now. We haven't really tried a potty train yet. But Mike, the amount of shit that we're surrounded about, I'm like, America is full of shit because everyone shits, and there's so much shit, and we don't talk about the shit. Like the fact that there's so much of the thing that all of us do, the one thing that we all have in common, and we don't talk about it for whatever reason because it's shit. It's like there's so much shit, Mike, and it stinks, and it needs separate bags. And it's just it, it needs a toy. It needs a whole th- a toilet to flush it. It's I'm sorry. No, I'm it's all right. sorry. I
0: hey, you had to get that off your chest, man. This is a safe space for you to vent those kind of frustrations about all the shit in your life. <laughs> uh, Wash your
1: sheets when your kids shit in them.
0: <laughs> especially if you want to be slutty. Uh, so, Brandon, I think counting the halves, I ended up with seven of the twelve. I do not halves. well yeah, because I said for pottery and then for uh playing instruments. I didn't know how to count that. So I guess I don't currently play an instrument, and so I won't give myself that one. So I'll say I'll say comfortably six, taking pottery classes, orders appetizers, knows how to cook, is six four, and listens or well, listens to Harry Styles and then calls myself a silly goose. So that's uh six, yeah.
1: Okay, I'm at I'm at four. I'm at four and a half. And and one of those because uh, I got I got orders appetizers I guys know how to cook I'm taking a half for Nose's big three and major in English. <laughs> there's two halves oh, okay. that, are, that become one whole. Oh, I
0: forgot we were taking a half on English, so I guess I'm six and a half.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I, well, I didn't know if you was gonna be too greedy because you have enough, but yes, you can take that one as well. Um, and then I have. Uh, Calls himself a silly goose and, and and I'm giving myself another half on wash their sheets once a week because you know Yeah, because of the shit. Every ten days.
0: Alright, there we go. Well, uh, those are our scores at Gojo Show on Twitter for as long as it remains. Let us know, fellas, what's the sluttiest things you're up to? Because again, we can make this positive. Uh, As always, we hope you guys had a great time rocking with us all week long here. If you missed any of it, make sure you go and check download, subscribe, rate, and review to Gojo wherever you get your podcasts. Plenty of great folks on. Jessica, uh, Jessica Smetana and Charlotte Wilder joined us earlier this week. We had Marcus yep. Freeman, Notre Dame's head football coach, plenty of great guests that you guys can check out. Also on the DraftKings YouTube channel, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Check us out under the Gojo with Mike Bullitt tab on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you later.